Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman and Associates. Now, here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much again for joining me this week. So my motivational quote that I wanted to start with uh, for today is, is by one of my favorite authors and inspirational teachers of our time. Unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but he's still a cool dude. His name is Zig Ziglar, and the quote says, You will get all you want in life if you help enough other people get what they want. What's the value of your time? Would you be able to put an hourly rate on it if you could? What if I told you that earning $0 per hour can be priceless? Would you think I'm nuts? Well, today we're really going to drill down and talk or speak about just that. For $0, how we can experience joy, goodwill, passion, and compassion by giving our time to a charity or cause that we believe in. What's your passion or cause that has inspired you to give countless hours and the renewed or, I'm sorry, the reward is is exponential most times to um, fortifying our nature? Does your heart grow just a little bit? Does your inside feel warm and filled with love and compassion? These are emotions that are just so necessary for us as human beings and so easy to achieve, and yet we don't realize it. So my guest today, Al Giobi, has shared countless hours of his valuable time with his uh, choice charity, with, which is Mammoth Park uh, Charity Fund. And this has inspired him to be active and has taken on various positions um, from board member for six years to recently uh, treasurer for three years. And the impactful changes that he's able to give and help the charity grow. So, Al, thank you so much for being on to discuss this such an important topic. Um, we really just need to give back to the world, I think, because of all the good things that happen in our life. So thank you for being on. Thank you for having me as your guest, Connie. Yes. Yeah, so now tell everybody why they made you the treasurer the past <laughs> three years. They made me the treasurer because I've, I've actually, we'll, we'll get into this a little, a little later, but I've served on several different boards of charities over the years. And in, on each one, I've been the treasurer at some point because I am a banker, and the banker is the money guy, and they want the money guy to be in charge of the money. I guess it makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it's as easy as that, too. It's not even more complicated, right? That's totally the, the, the basis for the decision. <laughs> and it's so funny. And just so everybody understands why I thought this was funny, because, you know, obviously my, my background is finance, back, banking, and a lot of my clients are in the banking industry as well as other industries. And when Al said, well, I'm the banker, that's why they made me a treasurer. And I laughed out loud, right, Al? Because I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's why they would make you the treasurer. So how yep. silly is that? Yeah. Hey, your skills can be needed beyond work. That's absolutely right. So, right, we always have something, we always have something to share that's powerful, and we just have to figure out what that is for each of us. So let's start. I, I'm curious your your kind of personal story. Why do you give back, or why do you choose to give back and, and you know, give your valuable time? I choose to give back because I feel that I am extremely fortunate in my life. Um, I have a, a good, solid career. I have a, a strong network of friends and family that I can lean on when things are not so good or when I need to bounce things off of somebody. Not everybody is blessed with those same circumstances. There are people that 
struggle with various things in our society, all kinds of things. And fortunately, there are organizations out there, as, as most of you know, to help people, to, to give people the support they need, the, the resources they need to get through whatever challenges they have. And to me, it was important to, to be a part of that giving back, to, 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 to use my talents to help people in society who may not have the same opportunities that I've had along the way. And when, how long ago did you start doing charitable work? Just recently, with, and we're going to tell what the Monmouth Park Charitable Fund does, because I think that's important as well. But what, when did you actually start, like many years ago? It was many years ago. Um, you know, banking, being being a community banker that works for a community bank, that's nor, that's usually a, a big component of our presence in the community is that the bank likes to be involved in these organizations, have its employees involved, and to give back to the community in that way. And that's sort of how I was first introduced to the concept in, in working for community banks and, and, and following that lead and, and, you know, the encouragement that my employers were giving me. So I, I, I put my first toe in the water with charitable involvement in that way and quickly realized how, how satisfying and, and kind of all-encompassing it can be. Um, and I just liked it. I mean, it, it was a good feeling. It's, it's, it's definitely a feel-good thing. So I sort of became an addict of the charitable helping. <laughs> the, you know, it's funny that you say that. You know, when growing up, my mom used to say, oh, water seeks its own level. And what she meant when we were younger is that good kids find good kids, you know, the trouble troublemaker kids that like to take risks. They would find each other. And But but I look back at that phrase so frequently and I think, wow, isn't that true today? So when you give back and you work in these charitable events and, and what have you, don't you find that people think like you as well and that they usually give their time or efforts or, or um, donations to multiple charities, not even just one? Yes, totally. Um, when you're on a charitable board, when you're involved with other people, it's in a way it's a very similar dynamic to being in the business world where you have different people from different backgrounds with different opinions and thought processes and, and ways of looking at things coming together around the table. But from my standpoint, it seems that a lot of when you're dealing with a charity, a lot of the adversarial nature of it seems to drop away. People are there because they're committed to helping society, committed to helping people or animals or whatever your passion is. Mm -hmm. And somehow they work around their differences and those, those differences seem to just melt away rather than be amplified as they tend to be in corporate situations. Yeah, and I think because we're not vying for the attention of the supervisor, the CEO, whatever, you know, person that's that's in power, here you're, you're bringing your talents and everybody has different talents, and it's just coming together for the cause, not for your own personal gain, which is Exactly. You can, really, you can have a – go ahead. I'm sorry, Connie. No, I was going to say the, the, the field is almost like a level playing field. That's exactly right. You can have a, a CEO of a company, a doctor, a lawyer – a pastor, an unemployed person, all on a charitable board, and they're all at the same level in terms of the, the mission and the, the direction of that board. So it's, it's, yeah. it's very much a playing field equalizer. 
And I, and I think we don't realize that every one of us has some talent. And I laugh because, of course, treasurer, you're the banker. But that just makes sense because you understand, you know, the how to balance the checkbook or whatever, those little things. that. But there's a lot going on on the financial end of these uh, charitable organizations. So it's really important to have someone who's knowledgeable. Thus, they, they kind of throw you in and go, yeah, you're going to be our treasurer. Um, now I have another question. Tell everybody what Mama's Park Charity Fund does because this can inspire them to get involved in, in such a fund, in such sure, a, a we're, charitable. Yeah. We're, we're based out of Monmouth Park Racetrack in Oceanport, New Jersey. And what we do, it, it's, it's a longstanding charity back to when the track first started back in the 1940s, I believe. 1946 was the year that we were founded. And basically what it does is we raise funds in the community and we then redistribute those funds to smaller mom-and-pop type charities throughout Monmouth County, New Jersey that don't have big budgets, that don't have federal funding or support from big umbrella funding sources. They're kind of, you know, hand-to-mouth, looking very dependent on the donations from the community to run their programs. And we help fulfill that need for them, that funding need, by donating money to a, a variety of these charities every year. And for anyone who hasn't been to Monmouth Park, it's a beautiful facility. And, of course, it has the horse racing, so what a great backdrop of fun, lively. You know, it's a very engaging environment, but also that they will host, right? Don't they have special um, grounds area for the different charitable groups? There's always something going on there. Yeah, I mean, they they have all sorts of party facilities and meeting facilities where different organizations can hold different events. And you're right, those things are going on all the time there. Yeah, and then the, the, they can collect these funds and then give them to the lesser, um, less known, I think, less known charity, charitable area, charity, chari- I can't talk today, charities that are in our area. Now, was Mammoth Park your first charity that, like, have you been on it this whole time as a banker? I've been on it this whole time as a banker. It's not the first charity I was involved in. Um, I've been on the board of Big Brothers Big Sisters in Monmouth County. I was on the board of the center in Asbury Park, which helps um, homeless people affected by HIV and AIDS. Um, I've worked with the United Way. I've worked with Habitat for Humanity in like sort of one-off events. So no, my, my involvement's been more than this. How did you choose or did they choose you? I'm curious. How did that process go? I was recruited onto the board by one of the existing members at the time who happened to be my attorney. And he was speaking to me one day and he said, you know, I belong to this organization. We do a lot of great work in the community. I'd like you to consider joining. Please come to a meeting and and get a feel for what we're about and, and meet some of the board members. And I did exactly that. And you talk, Connie, about, you know, finding the the, the spot that's right for you. There are, for, for every possible cause that there is in, the, in society, there is a charity out there to help it or to support it and to provide resources for it. And there are so many options out there, but you, you have to find the one that, that fits with you and what you want to accomplish and, and, and sort of just the way you, you tick and, and what makes you move through society. And I don't know what it was. I can't put a a defining moment on it or a defining characteristic, but meeting that group of people and the dynamic that was there and what they were 
doing in the community and how they were going about accomplishing it, it just sat right with me and it felt good. Mm. And that's the reason I focused my energy on them. I, I was involved in another board at the time when I was made the, when this introduction was made for me and it just felt right. And that's where my attention ended up being focused. And that's where I felt I could make the greatest impact for the community. And, and the point well taken, you, there, we still only have so many hours in a day. We still have to go to work. We still have family obligations, friends, whatever obligations you have in your life. So you can't be on 20 different charities because then you're good for nothing in, in all areas or aspects of your life. So that's kind of dangerous. I just want to share, I went to um, a New Jersey Bankers Association conference for women up in uh, Somerset a couple of weeks ago, and they every year we choose a charity that we donate to and, and, the, and the New Jersey Bankers Association with the fees and stuff. They always give back. Well, this year's charity, and I'm going to have the uh, founders of Christine's Hope for Kids, so shout out to them because I think they're just amazing. Anyway, I'm going to have them on in, in, in a few weeks. Their daughter uh, gave back actively in her local community and at the schools and started doing traveling when she was in college to the lesser um, uh, educated areas, poverty, et cetera. So I think the the year she the daughter passed away, she went to Haiti. And we all know, in, I think it was 2012, it could have been sooner than that, the, um, Haiti had a uh, major earthquake and her and her classmates and I think two of the teachers, of course, were, you know, um, succumbed and, and were killed in this earthquake. So the mom and dad started this foundation, Christine's Hope for Kids, because she loved kids and she loved being with them and making them smile and giving them a pencil and seeing a pencil, you know, how their face would light up. And I, the reason I'm telling you this is it resonated when I came back from the New Jersey Bankers association meeting I said to my husband that night I have to call them I really want them to be on the show I really want them to talk about because the architect of change right is the name of the show and I said to go through such a devastating thing as a parent and turn that into such goodness for so many people throughout the country you know right in our own backyard in the United States is a beautiful story to tell and it's funny because now my kids are a little bit older so I was very active at the school and the church through the years and all those things and I said to my husband I've been looking for a charity for us to get involved in and with the children and my kids as well now that they're you know really adults and so I told my husband about it and he looked at me and he goes oh my god that sounds amazing so I have I mean I don't know I the uh, Gene and John might hear the show before they're on and go oh Connie plans on being with us I don't know if they want me (laughs) (laughs) but it, it just it, something about their story inspired me to say, wow, this is just exactly what I've kind of been searching for from a charitable, or I want to give my time on a regular basis. So, um, yeah, that, it, it's, I know exactly what you're saying, that when you met the people and the cause, it was like, yeah, this, this, this resonates with me. This makes sense, and I, I want to be, you know, part of the bigger picture. Let's yep. take a quick break out, and then when we come back, I want to hear your ideas and thoughts about, why it's so important to give back, the feel-good, absolutely, but why is it really important for us to give back as a community? Okay, so let's take a break, and then we'll discuss that. 
A speaker has little value to an audience unless you, the listener, is motivated and empowered to change. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates is a renowned speaker and is an architect of change. Consultations, training, seminars, and speaking engagements are the venues where she affects change. Whether your responsibilities include customer service, sales, marketing, training, executive management, or ownership, and you are seeking change in your organization, then you need to hire Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Connie doesn't just fill your ears with rhetoric. She speaks to the heart and success of your business. So next time you need to hire a speaker, don't hire someone that just talks. Hire an architect of change, Connie Whitman. Just ask for Connie by calling 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Okay, we are back with Al Giobi, Regional Manager at Provident Bank, and also a the treasurer for a local charity, Monmouth Park uh, Charity Fund. Uh, but they, they really get involved in more than just their own charity. So my next question, Al, is what are your thoughts or what do you think the importance of giving back is? Um, the importance of giving back is monumental in my opinion. You know, as, as I said earlier, all of us are blessed with different talents, with different positions, with different resources that, you know, there, there are two ways to approach that in life. You can either sort of selfishly hoard that and, and use your, your talents and your resources for your own gain and advancement, or you can make a conscious decision that you want to use your talent and use your resources to help others who may not have those opportunities. And for me, that's what it was all about is, you know, we're all in this together in this world. And there are so many, you know, they, they, there's a saying that you, you don't know what somebody's going through until you walk a mile in his shoes. Well, so many, pe- so many people have so many different stories and afflictions and situations in their personal lives with their families that are life altering. There are, there are just, the, the the spectrum of things that can happen to us as we go through life is just enormous. And to be able to sort of help somebody who sometimes genuinely has nowhere else to turn to is just a, an amazing feeling and a amazing way to give back to society, in my opinion. Was that a surprise or like that side effect of – you know, walk a mile in my shoes before you judge me kind of thing. So see, to see a flip side or an alternate universe almost, and then realizing the impact that you have on this person or the organization or whatever it might be, that they're so appreciative or that what we take for granted, the skill that we have, we take for granted, right, because we're good at it. And they look at you like, oh, my God, you're the best. It Was that a side effect or did you expect that? I didn't expect it at all, and it really hit me. Um, the Monmouth Park Charity Fund, what they do is they, they raise their funds, and then every, every autumn they do a distribution of the funds to the different agencies and organizations in the community that we're going to distribute money to that year. And each agency has the opportunity when they're, when they're coming up to collect their, their check, they get to talk a little bit about what their agency does and, and who their target audience is and whatnot. And hearing the stories of these programs and all of the people and all of the different situations that my efforts were directly touching and indirectly touching and 
just how these organizations benefit so many people in the community. It, it really just bowls you over. It's a very, very emotional, emotionally charged moment or event when that's happening because there's just people are grateful and people appreciate your efforts. And when you see that, it just it makes it all worthwhile. It humbles you too, I think, because we was like, oh, what you know, I have that skill. What's the big deal? I have the time. What's the big deal? And it is a big deal. It's almost like you know when you put the pebble in the pond, boop, and then boop, 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 boop. You see the little ripples come out. Right. That's almost what you just described. That emotional charge because that ripple effect that you didn't think you had, and you know, you think on the on the pebble, boop, <laughs> and that's what I did. And then look at all of the reaction from that motion. Um, could be really mind-blowing and, and just um, rewarding in itself. Now, you're Senior Vice President at, um, at Provident Bank, Regional Manager. Has has your role with the various charities that you've had throughout your career, has, has it impacted your business from a business standpoint? Clearly, yes. Um, by, by joining these boards or volunteering with these organizations, you're being introduced to a, an, an entirely new network of people that you may not have had the opportunity to come into contact with before or, spare, or share some quality face time with otherwise. So from a networking perspective, it's been fantastic. I mean, you're, meeting you're meeting people in all different professions across the spectrum of, of you know, humanity. And it's a great opportunity to build business. I mean, that's one of the, the one of the many positive side effects of giving your time to these organizations is, you know, you can absolutely put that little spin on it and use it to increase your contacts and, and build business as well, personally. And, and I think because you're in such a kind environment, I, not that corporate's not kind, but I think when, when everybody's on the same page giving out, giving their time or giving out drinks at a 5K run or, or something like that, you're, since we're all on that same page, you're all in that same mindset that we get to know each other on the personal level and the goodness that we have, you know, as Connie Whitman or as Al Jobi. And I think that when they think they hear a friend who says, oh, I'm looking for a bank or a business who's looking for a commercial loan. You have to go see my friend, Al Giobi, not this guy I know. So I think it, it, it almost um, speeds up the relationship building process because we're not there. Look at what I do. Here's my corporate job. Let me put my suit on. It's not about that. It's just about being a human. And I think that breaks down a lot of barriers quickly. So, you know, from the business. But now, I just don't want everybody to think, oh, I want to generate business. I better join three charities. And then, <laughs> no. you know, I, that's not, <laughs> that is not what we're talking about. That would be really bad, okay? Yeah. So, which brings me actually to my next point. You manage and coach a huge team within your region. So, you have your area managers and the managers and then the employees within the branch network. So, do you expect your team to get involved, and to what extent? Answer that first. Let's go with that first. Um, yes, I I do like to see my my management people and anybody anybody that's interested, and I encourage them to get involved with these types of of events and organizations. Um, you know, to your point earlier. Time management is a crucial part of this. You know, there's only so much time that all of us have as, as human beings. 
Um, but finding a little sliver of time or a bigger sliver of time, whatever it is that works for the individual, usually you, you, you can go out to any organization and even if you can only spare an hour a month or an hour every couple of months, whatever it is, they can put that hour to good use and they can put that hour to use in a way that does make a difference and does have a positive impact. So by all means, I encourage my folks to be out there doing what it, what it is that they need to do to help the community. That's, and, and again, from the bank standpoint, from the, from the bigger picture, that's sort of part of our corporate identity. That's who we are, and that's what we give back to the communities that we serve. And it's part of your mission statement because it is such an important piece of being a, a regional bank, a local bank. So they do want to give back. They're, they're almost like a small business within. So I'm sure there's banks across this country that have the same premise or part of their mission because you really are, you really are part of the community, the earth. This, the, you're the salt of the earth of the community and making it flourish and, and all those things. Now, another question. So we encourage our, for the managers listening, here's, here's my point I'm trying to make here. We want to encourage people to go out and join these charities. But now I know a lot of you are thinking, oh, Connie, she's just too quiet, too shy. There is no way she can go and be active in a charity. She won't walk in by herself. She's going to freak out. So how do you handle that when you get pushed back? Not because they – I think everybody loves the idea of giving back because you understand why it would feel good and all those things. But I do think people are like, you want me to do what? And i got to go by myself? And I have to join the local chamber because the local chambers do, do a lot of charitable things as well. And they're, they're like, well, who's going to join with me? So what do you do when you get that kind of pushback? Again, not because I don't want to, my time's too valuable, but I don't want it because I'm a little scared. I, what I usually do is I tell the story of, of how I started and how it personally impacted me. The first organization I was involved with was the Rotary Club up in Kearney, New Jersey. And I started with them year one. They had a, a small population. They weren't a very large organization. So I was board member year one, treasurer year two, president year three. Wow. And at that time in my career, I was, you know, not as sure of myself as I am now and kind of shy and nervous and not used to public speaking or, or going up to people and introducing myself and talking about the bank and myself and all these other things. So it was kind of a trial by fire, but it was the best thing that ever happened to me. And, and I, I tell that to anybody that will listen. Um, it, it, it taught me those skills and, and it gave me that ability to get up in front of people and mm -hmm. talk and communicate and be effective in presentations. And again, not, a, not an expected side effect, not a reason I went into it, but just through the organic way it unfolded, that happened, and it really benefited me and my professional life, my personal life, all across the board. It just made me more vocal and more outgoing and, and, and gave me that sort of inner strength to deal with that. So when people are nervous about that, I tell that story and, and say, you know what, if you're nervous about that, turn it around and, and turn it into a positive. Think of this as an opportunity for you to work through some of those things that hold you back. 
And and the reality is when you're nervous about doing something, you should absolutely do it because it means you're challenging your comfort zone. So right. there's growth. At the, when, no, matter, no matter whether you're good at it, bad at it, it's another experience to add into your wheelhouse. And it's growth. It, it, it's, it's an absolutely good thing. Now, do you find that they go, okay, I'm going to go. <laughs> they go to the event and they come back and go, I knew one person there and I just sat next to them the whole night. Do you coach your, and I would hope by now folks that are area managers have a little more confidence, but do you coach them on coaching their team to kind of push themselves to go back and do it again? Because let's face it, the first time you go into this, it's not like, I got it, I'm working the room, shaking hands. That's not how it goes. You go in, you're terrified the first time. So do you coach your area managers on coaching their teams to become more active and how do you how do you recommend that just for the managers that are listening out there the the easiest way to accomplish that is for the managers to sort of partner with the people that are going to be going out for the first time go with them make some introductions for them uh, be the role model of the behavior. Show, demonstrate to them how you work the room and how you interact with these people and you know, how you bring your value to the table and how you communicate your value within that group of people. Um, and those are very definitive, coachable behaviors that the managers can you know, address with the staff and, and plan for it and debrief with them and, and really make them see what they're doing, how they can do it better, and the benefit to them and to the organization that they're involved with. Yeah, and so you lead by example, but then even afterwards you can talk about, did you see how I did that? I saw you go over to that person. That was great. So you can give tangible feedback based on the observations. So you guys out there that are managers and saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to have my people get involved. It could benefit business. It could benefit them from a growth standpoint. Please just don't throw them to the wolves and go, you have to join three organizations. I expect you to report back to me, and you do nothing to help them, especially some of your folks are dynamic and are like, yeah, I could do it. I'm not afraid. There's a lot of your folks that are like, you want me to do what? What did you just say? Those are the folks that maybe you need to go and, and Al, great idea, go with them first. You help with the introductions or show them how to get the introductions. I'm going to make you giggle. I went to a networking event this morning, ironically, and I didn't think I was going to know anybody um, in the room. So I, I walked in, you know, I'm, I, obviously I'm not shy. They could tell on the radio, I am not shy. And I walked in. And I saw three people that I have trained uh, through the years. And they looked at me, and they, I said, oh, what are you guys doing here? And they were like, what are you doing here? I said, well, I'm networking. I was invited by my friend who was running the networking event, right, the big boss. And they were like, oh, you know her? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, well, what are you guys doing here? Oh, we're networking. You know, we were invited as well. And the one woman looked at me. She goes, oh, this is kind of funny. I said, what? She goes, to see you on the flip side. She goes, you teach us how to do it. And now, like, you walked in. You were like, hey, how you doing? Never met you before. <laughs> you know, work in the room and not being shy about it because we were all there for the same cause. So it was, it was just amusing for them to see me on the flip side of the thing I teach. So that was kind of an interesting experience this morning. And at the end, I'm like, so how would I do, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, to, to, the, to the folks in the audience, everybody who knows Connie knows how passionate she is about DISC and then the teachings and learnings of DISC. And this totally the applies in this style. situation. DISC, DISC is the behavioral style. I'll tell them what it, it's the behavioral I'm style, sorry, the behavioral it's, modification. That's okay. <laughs> exactly. And there are – Basically, oh, I, 
everybody should know. I mean, Connie is the proponent of this extraordinaire. Um, Ds and Is are stronger personality types and more sociable personality types, where Ss and Cs tend to be more introverted, more, more inside their own heads, and it's harder for them to reach across the aisle and introduce themselves and, and build those kind of bonds. Their, their natural tendency is to sort of live within their own head and take satisfaction in that. So I'm a high C. So for me, my initial proclivity is not to be outgoing and engaged and whatnot. But putting myself in these situations again trained me and gave me that opportunity to do it and helped me expand outside of my comfort zone and build some of these skills. So absolutely coachable. It, it, and it, it, what you just said, and that's why I was saying to the managers, you have the people who are just like, yeah, I'll go do this. They're the eyes and heat. And I did do a show, if you look back, um, with Michael Ferraro, and we talked, all, it was a whole show about DISC, and I am extremely passionate about it because um, it helps us with our communication, not just professionally, but personally. It's just human to human, how we really need to talk respectfully, but to understand the other person's DISC behavioral style. And the CSs, which is the lower half, and, and again, more detail on that other show. It, their managers, that's what I'm telling you, they're the ones who are a little shyer. Can you coach them? Absolutely. They do want to do it. They just can't get out of their own way because they don't know how. And that's change. So if we can help people take baby steps, that's how change occurs. So well said, Al, that you are one of those and that pushing yourself and, and pushing the barrier is really what created the change and the dynamic person you are who's now the treasurer yet again for <laughs> a very big charitable organization. I want to just pause here and, and ask everyone out there listening if this topic is resonating with you either for self that you personally just are missing something and you want to give back for that feel good, that warmth inside because it really it just feels awesome when you're part of something that's just bigger than you and it's not about you becomes just awesome and cool. So if that's something that you've been thinking about, you can always reach out to me and I can talk you through different ideas on how to get out there and not be afraid to so all the things Al and I are talking about. And if you'd like to reach out um, to Al and just pick his brain, how he got involved, et cetera. Al, you're on LinkedIn. Is it under Albert Giobi or Al Giobi? It's under Albert. Albert, and G-O-B is G-O-B, G-O-B is G-I-O-B-B-I-E, and then, of course, Albert is Albert. So, you know, connect with Al on, on LinkedIn, and, again, it's just another resource. Or if Mama's Park for my local folks um, is resonating with you, by all means, reach out because um, Al is the treasurer there, so he can get you in. He knows people. <laughs> oh, how we laugh. Uh, okay, so now my next thing I want to ask you about, so thank you for that because I do think it's important for the manager that it's another coaching opportunity and for our, our, to teach our people how to extend themselves, which, like you said, made you stronger in business as well. So awesome. The next thing I want to talk about is the time management because I know people are listening going, she's, she, her and Al are out of the mind because, you know, I'm working, I leave the house, drop the kids off at the preschool, you know, the preschool before school. I don't know what the heck that's called. And I drop them off at like 6.30 or 7 o'clock in the morning, and then I'm picking them up at 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. And then I have to get dinner on the table, and I have to do laundry, and I have to go food shopping, and I have to give the kids back. And they're thinking, she wants me to volunteer. These people are out of their minds. So 
Time management is absolutely a necessity when we talk about giving back, and I think we have to make some parameters with the different uh, organizations you choose to participate with, right? So I want you to speak specifically, Al, for you. How did you create the time to be so active? And, again, you mentioned you were active at one time, multiple organizations, and now you've pulled back a little bit and you just do the Mammoth Park uh, Charity Fund. So how did you how did you fit that in? How did you do it? All of these organizations have a a need for people that can spend time and give their time to help fulfill the missions of the organizations. And for me personally, I found there were two different points where I was involved with more than one charity at a time, and I was on the board for more than one charity. And that became somewhat overwhelming um, because you want the you want to give and you want to support and your nature is to say yes when you're that type of person who wants to be out there making a difference and there comes a point where it, it if you allow it to it can just become too much it can become very very overwhelming so that's why I had to make a conscious choice to step away from certain of the responsibilities and to really focus my attention on one charity versus multiple. For me, the person that I am, I want to give all that I can to one rather than dilute my effort among several. So that works for me. That that mode of engagement is what's right for me. Other people, I, I know that there are people that I come into contact with in the community who are involved on multiple boards, and they're, that's the nature of what they do. They're just out there giving and serving, and, and the more you heap on their plate, the bigger their plate becomes, and they just take on more and more, and that's, that's fantastic for them. It's, it's whatever works for you as an individual, whatever your comfort level is. Um, your example before, Connie, of, of handing out water bottles at a 5K race, that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a definite need, and by doing that, like on a one-off on one situation like that, you are out there making a difference and impacting those people and being charitable. And if that's what you're able to give, if that's the extent of it, that's no less important than being on a board or, or being an officer or, or whatever. Every, every piece has its place and every piece matters. And it's all appreciated. And I was sharing with Al before we, we started the show, um, when my kids were little and doing the business and, you know, there's only so much, so much time in the day. And I was very active in the schools and our local church, you know, the kids through communion, I, I taught CCD and, you know, again, there's only so many hours in the day. And I remember that the um, PTAs, the PTOs, whatever they're called in your schools for my moms and dads out there, the they kept calling on the same people. And at one point they were like, you know, um, this will look good on your resume. And I said to the one mom, first of all, know who's, who's doing charitable because it was condescending how she was talking to me. Right. So I was like, what are you talking about? And, and I, I said to her, I think you need to cast your net a little further out and reach out to other people to get them involved. People don't know how to get involved. So here I'm coaching the head of a PTA because she kept coming back to the same pool of, of folks. I had no more time to give back. I was already exponentially involved. So, but you know what? Then you talk to them, they go, I would have done that. I would have done that. So I was trying to coach this woman to say, cast your net uh, further. 
People don't know how to get involved. People don't know who to go to. People don't know how to ask, what do you need me to do? And what I have found is that, and, and I think maybe Al, you have found this, People say, oh, who would want me to be on that group? They, what can I add? You're so smart. And, oh, Connie, you're so friendly. And, you know, you have your own business. And, Al, you're a senior vice president. What would they want with me? So we, we also have this low self-esteem and, that, that, again, that record player that goes off in their head. I'm not good enough, blah, blah, blah. Stop. It, you are. Everybody, Al, exactly right. If all you can do from a time standpoint and ability standpoint is hand out those water bottles, that is such a needed moment in, in those events that it's not overlooked and it's appreciated. So whatever you can do from an ability standpoint or a time standpoint, and I think for people who run charitable organizations, don't be afraid to cast your net further because you don't want to burn out the people, right, Al, don't you find that they come back, I, I, we need help with this. Can you sit on this board or can you sit on this ad hoc committee? And do you find that? Yes, totally. And, you know, you can't keep going to the same pool. It was funny, We, you know, Mother's Day was yesterday and we went to see um, my in-laws, of course, went to see my parents as well, but went to my in-laws and they were talking about um, throwing out and purging in their house, which is awesome. Right. And they're in their eighties, everybody. And I, and I said something, where's all this paperwork coming from? I said to my father-in-law and he says, Oh, most of it's from the church. Now over the years, they have been very, very active in their local church and community. And he said to me, and I thought this was interesting because they're still both very active in their eighties. He said, Connie, he goes, you know, the younger kids, they have to, you know, start getting involved. And I said to him, well, who's reaching out to them, you know, to get them involved? You're absolutely right. You put your time in. And he says they keep calling the same people over and over. So you've experienced it. I've experienced here my father-in-law, who has all the time in the world, feels like, oh, my God, leave me alone. I've done enough, <laughs> right? So we have this experience. We need to reach out and find new blood constantly. And I think my, the people listening are saying, yeah, I do want to give back. And yeah, I'd love to be part of a charity. I don't know, you know, which one to be part of per se. Um, any other little time management tips as far yeah. as whittling down to help the folks? Well, one one time management tip. You you gave the example before of I have my family, I have my friends, I have all these obligations. How do I balance the time? I've invited friends to join me at these events. Come with me. Come see what it's about. It's an opportunity to spend quality time together towards a common cause. Um, I know many of the board members that I've worked with on the different charities when we're doing events or at they bring their families, they bring their young kids, their spouses, and introduce them as young kids to the, the concept and the idea of charitable giving. And it's just a win-win all around. From the time management standpoint, you're, you're spending time engaged with the people that are important to you. And you're doing so in a way that helps the community, helps just it, – it's all around. It benefits everybody. Everybody walks away from that a winner. And I, I find that very effective. I've brought friends of mine to various events and, and giveaways and, and whatnot, and they all leave with that same sense of feeling like, wow, I made a difference today and I did something great. And even if they weren't expecting that, that's the byproduct. And it, it, it's just very powerful. And, and the funny thing is, usually these events, guys, are fun. <laughs> they do fun stuff. 
Yes. And so, yeah. So when you bring family, friends, exactly what you're saying, Al, you leave and you go, wasn't that fun? We did this. You know, they have dunk tanks if they do a carnival team or something. So it's just, it's a blast to be out there and having fun. My husband works for, um, for investors, but they're owned by Foresters, which is an insurance company out of Canada, Al. And they give back a lot, both in Canada and the United States. And you know what they do? They build um, uh, playgrounds for kids in underprivileged areas, urban environments, et cetera. And they haven't done one here for many years. They did one when they first bought out the company, and we had a graduation or something because my husband and I were going to – we were like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely go bring kids. It'll be fun, and it's a whole family day. So they do a lot of fun things for the children as well. Unfortunately, we had we had a graduation or something. But next time they come back into New Jersey, no matter where it is, because let's face it, guys, Jersey ain't that big. We, we could get there. Um, I want my kids to come with us and give back because now my kids are big chooches. They're big boys. Um, they'd be very strong and impactful from lifting and digging and, and that uh, sort of stuff as well. But these organizations, they make, so, they make it fun, right, Al? They have all these awesome things for children and the adults. That's right. So what a great time management tip. I love it. Yes, invite your friends and family and just party together and give back at the same time. Whoa, it just doesn't get any better than that. Um, right. Let's take one more break, and then, Al, when we come back, I want you to think of um, tips on maybe how folks can investigate to choose a charity um, that they might like, and we could do this together as well, and how do they fit it into their busy day. I think we kind of answered that. Um, and, again, getting kids and the families involved I think is really important, and there's so many charities out there that are uh, children-friendly. So we can maybe talk about that when we come back, okay? Sounds good. It's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn. It's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman can tame that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. Okay, we are back with Al Giobi. We have about 15 minutes left, and I just want to wrap up with some tips on everybody choosing a charity, um, things that maybe charities are looking for, the types of skills, Al, maybe that would help too. Because I think people say, yes, I want to get involved. How do I find a charity? How do I know if my skill is needed by this charity? And how do I find that out? So can you give us some tips from just your, from the Mama's Park Charity Fund, how they, again, cast their net and, and how do, what kind of skills do you see by the uh, volunteers there? A, a big skill that is always sort of in demand is the ability to talk to people and raise funds. 
So if you're if you have the personality where you're gregarious and and you enjoy interacting with people and you're not shy and whatnot, that's a great fit. But there are these these organizations have you know needs to fill in every different capacity, every different every different way you can imagine. So even if you're not outgoing, even if you're not gregarious, even if it's not easy for you to talk to people, there are so many behind-the-scenes functions or office-type functions or preparation-type functions where you're not exposed in that circumstance that would make you uncomfortable, and you're making an equally important impact and an equally important contribution to that organization. Yeah, I think we forget about the behind the scenes. Everybody thinks it's at the event and, like you said, raising the funds. But you know what? Sometimes spreadsheets and reports need to be generated. Minutes of a meeting need to, need to be generated. Um, just organizing an event, there's different subcommittees. You know, who's taking care of the decoration? Who's organizing the volunteers to work the booths or whatever it might be? It, there's a lot that goes into a charitable event. And the bigger the charitable event, the, the more help that's needed across the board. So, again, your skill is the being um, a treasurer. Think about, and, and you guys, this, think about um, if you have good organizational skills where you're good at making lists and prioritizing and making a timeline, almost like a project manager, you would be great to be the one to spearhead the, the or, you know, the charitable event, the event itself, but form those subcommittees and hold everybody accountable. Um, you'd be really good at that. If you're a project manager, maybe by trade or you do a lot of that in your work, um, work life. So... I think that I think and now tell me if if this makes sense. I think if I was looking for a charitable organization, the first thing I would do is sit down and say, "What skills can I bring to the table? I'm really good on the computer. I'm really good with graphics, so maybe you help um do the flyers or you're a very good writer. Maybe you write what goes on the email for your email blast or in the newspaper or on the flyer. So write all of these. These are skills that everybody, I would never say, oh, let me write your copy and do the graphics on it. Not my wheelhouse, not my thing. It would be horrible, and I would be anxious the whole time. So that would not be something that I would volunteer doing, right? right. So I think first thing I would I would recommend is writing up your skills and then how do you think how do you think people can go about finding a charity that maybe would be meaningful to them I would say there are two primary ways number one would be word of mouth you know somebody reaches out to you you see an advertisement in a, a local newspaper whatever it is you hear something on the radio that that spikes your interest and you just sort of talk to people and find out what's going on. The second one, a huge resource is the internet. All of these organizations have websites and you can go on there and you can read about their mission statement and find out what their cause is and, and how they accomplish it and, and, and what resources they need in a lot of cases are out there. Um, a, good, a good tactic would be to get in touch with the executive director of the organization, either through a phone call, an email, and talk to them, ask them, you know, what is it that, what, what, what skill sets are you looking for? What is it that you need help with right now in terms of, you know, making your mission come alive and, and work out in the community? 
Um, in some cases, Connie, I mean, people are going to, like you said, prepare the list and, and these are my strengths and, and then they get involved and the lines are much less clearly drawn in a, a charity environment than they are in a corporate environment. So while you're coming on to do one thing, you might find that, well, they need help on this other committee. Let me help over there. And you might uncover some strengths and talents that you didn't even know you had. Absolutely. It, it's such a growth. Um, it's a growth environment. It was funny last week. I, I went to an event, and the woman I sat at the table. Uh, we were chatting. We hadn't seen each other in a while, and um, she's oh, what a crazy day! And and I had to make the bags. They did little giveaways, and she's I was running so late. And I said to her, Why didn't you call me? I could have easily have left my office an hour earlier and come up and help you stuff the bags. Like, you know, what would have been, and she says, you would have, I'm like, Oh my God, of course I would have. Why didn't always, I said, whenever you have something that needs to be done task oriented like that, and you think I'm running out of time. If I am working in my office that day, I will close up shop and I will just come up early and help. So just, that's the other thing for folks who are on charities. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You can't do it all. We are not super women and super men um, out there. So we have, to, we have to learn how to say, oh, my God, can you help me? Right? There's nothing wrong with, with uh, throwing in the towel, right? That's absolutely right. And you know the other thing, Alan, I don't know if you're aware of this, but the uh, obviously John, my son, is, is going to college. And all through high school and really in the little kids, when they were little kids in school, the teachers would get them involved in the Bridges program, which is they we would give um, socks and undershirts and, you know, winter coats and gloves and stuff like that for Again, in our backyard, people who um, couldn't afford to buy a coat or new shoes or socks and what have you, and they we would give, right? We would give all of the clothing and stuff, and then the kids would get together with And This one teacher was very active um, when the kids were in, like, kindergarten through fifth grade, so they were little. And they would fill bags. Um, you know, everybody got a pair of socks. Everybody got a glove. And they had the man, man bags and the girl bags so that, you know, which socks went to what. And my kids did that with this one teacher. They both happened to have Mrs. McDonald. And what a great experience for them. And then in middle school, they gave back a lot at the church, which was really cool, working with little kids in the camps. And then in high school, you have to now, Al, I don't know if you, you knew this, but to get into college now, you need a resume. So it's not <laughs> about getting good grades that tried to do good on, you know, getting a, a decent score on the SAT. No, they want to see all of your extracurricular activity. So being an athlete, having a part-time job, being an AB student, AB plus student, and getting a good score on the SAT isn't enough. They also want to see charitable um, giving. And I, I think the charitable giving should be more important than the SAT scores because some kids just aren't good at, at taking tests. But you need you need to have that now um, for the colleges. So as a society, I think that we are more versed or better versed in teaching our kids especially how to give back. So now I'm going to ask you, when you went to college, did you have to put down all of your charitable stuff? Do you even remember doing that? Not at all. No, that was that just wasn't looked at. And to your point, uh, Connie, the Monmouth Park Charity Fund has a junior committee which it has created to assist at events, to assist with the mission. 
that is composed of high school age kids that are looking for exactly the type of experience that you're talking about. So I'm sure there are other charities that do it also. There are opportunities for the kids to get out there and get involved at a level that's suitable for them at that age. And and here's the thing, for those of you that have younger kids out there, I'm telling you, it's got to be part of their college resume. So if you can find something to do with your kids, and, and my husband and I really did do that, I think it's important because family time is difficult to fit in with everything else we have on our plate. So if we can do those charitable things together and the kids get credit for the whole um you know, their college resume thing, it's a win-win again. So I, I think I think we nailed that, Al, from a time management standpoint. There's several things um, that we could do from a time management perspective that There's no allows excuse. Us. There's no excuse no not excuse. to be out there. Yeah. And you know what? And if you are not – if you don't want to give back charitably because – you're taking care of an elderly parent. Uh, by the way, that's volunteering. You're not getting paid to do that. I mean, it's your parents, of course, but I, I get it. I get that there's only so many hours in a day. The charity piece of going out, it, it get, it's your time, I think. It, it's with your, you know, if you do a women's group or men, if you do your golf outings, it's just such a nice time to be with your peeps and not necessarily, it removes you from the work environment, yet you still have the camaraderie and, and you're, it's all for a good cause. So it just the whole thing works just so beautifully together. Is there anything else that we didn't cover that you would like to um, throw out there? I think we did a very good job, Connie. <laughs> I think we beat this. I think we beat this dead horse. So the moral of today's show is: go out and volunteer. <laughs> Amen. And and beyond just finding them, but go out and find something that you're passionate about, because when you're passionate, it rubs off on other people, and then what happens? The dynamic of the charity becomes passionate and dynamic and more people and more people come and more people come and that's how charities grow but it has to start I think with you being passionate about the cause um, the producer of this show uh, she and I talk frequently and she she's wonderful she is very active with animals and animal shelters and she has many animals that she takes in um, so that they're not you know put to sleep so everybody has a passion about something for me it's kids and that's why the Christine's Hope for Kids. Um, if you guys are, are looking for an, an awesome, worthwhile, local, again, a New Jersey charity, uh, check it out. Um, and I like your idea about going on the Internet out. You can Google local charities and put your zip code in, and it'll come back with a whole, I would think, a, a huge list. And then you can, you know, sift through and see what resonates with you, what title might resonate with you. That was a great, I, that was a great one. I never thought of that. And you know what, Connie, at the end of the day, after all is said and done, chances are you're going to come into contact and meet some kind-hearted, giving people. And it's we true. certainly, you know, all of us certainly can use more of those in our lives. So it, yeah. even, even if the charity doesn't work out, even if it's not quite what you expect, there's great people out there. And coming into contact with these great people is another one of the benefits of having this mindset. Yeah, and, you know, we're humans dealing with humans, and for the humans that have or are less fortunate or in a rough way because of a, a special event like you were mentioning before, it's a nice way for us to give back and help them through that hard time. And 
You know, I, I say this when I see people who are just so good and give so much. I always say to them, wow, you're earning your an- your angel wings. <laughs> you know, I think you have a direct route up. And they just laugh. <laughs> but it's true because I, I look at them and I think, oh, my goodness, they just they give so much. They love so much. They care so much. You want to be around people like that. It just makes you feel good. It makes you feel worthy. It makes you feel um, empowered. Empowered, I think, is a good word. Yes. So yeah, so that's it. I I are are you good, Al? We we're we're good. We can wrap this up. I am golden, Connie. <laughs> you are. So you were the brains of the operation today, you know. I hope that everybody was inspired by our discussion. I hope we gave you some real how-tos on how to get out there, how to choose, what charity, uh, what your skill sets are, all of those things that we discussed. Go back and listen if, if you need, um, you know, more clarification. I think we really did cover everything. Again, I hope today uh, today's conversation provides some framework for you to go explore and, and decide to change and grow and be the architect of your own change. Uh, again, if you want to... Uh, uh, connect with Al, go through LinkedIn, Albert Giobi, A-L-B-E-R-T, and then G-O-B-G-I-O-B-B-I-E. G-O-B-G-I-O-B-B-I-E. Um, Al, thank you so much again for being on the show. Thank you, Connie. It was great talking with you. Yeah, it's always fun having you. You're my bud. I hope all of you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves challenge that comfort zone so we all embrace change and realize that it's actually easier than we often think um my awesome guest al thank you so much again thank you for your insight and your inspiration thank you all for joining me you have been listening to architect of change with me your host connie whitman on webtalkradio.net thanks and have a wonderful exciting and inspired week i look forward to seeing you all next week be well You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me, but I can't change.